Hey there, welcome to Interior Castle. Real conversations on the joys and struggles of imperfection. My name is Roz and I'm joined by my mates Irene and Mimi, where we share our stories, laughs, and lessons in the hopes of encouraging others to live their faith authentically. So buckle in and come join us on the crazy ride to heaven. All right. Well, welcome to our next uh, episode on Interior Castle.、Um, and I want to welcome my co hosts today, Mimi and Irene, again、um, for this week. Hey.、Um, so we've got another quite、um, good topic、um, that we'll be talking about this week.、Um, and particularly around、uh, mental health, particularly because it is. Um, the National Mental Health Awareness Month this month of October.、Um, yes. So, we thought it would be a really, really good idea to talk about it this month, particularly、um, with this awareness. And it's a great awareness,、mm. uh, particularly for young people out there, and particularly now that it's been really talked about. Well, for me, I feel like it's been talked about for the last couple of years.、Mm. Um, I guess to start off with, I asked the girls to think of,、um, I guess, one of the things that we do to kind of relax, de stress、um, in our kind of everyday lives,、uh, particularly even during this pandemic. Like, we've got to have to have find ways to kind of unwind, particularly during these times. So, yeah. What do you guys do? Yeah, no. So, one of the ways that I actually. Um, unwind is particularly before I go to bed.、Uh, I've done this new thing in the last week and a half where I've actually decided to place my mobile phone outside of my room when I sleep,、um, and it's just helped so much.、Um, it's amazing to see that I'm not constantly scrolling and you know, being worried about the day's events or、um, you know, wondering if I should be replying to messages or. You know, just wasting time、um, on there before I go to sleep. Like, it really helps with、um, your like, melatonin levels. And I've just been reading that it's just helpful in restoring your circadian rhythm. And I've just noticed that I also get up quite earlier. So, like, it just helps me to relax before I go to bed. And in that time, instead of, you know, scrolling or messaging others, I'm, you know, reading. Or praying, or just taking some time to journal. So, those are the things that I've been doing to sort of relax and de stress before bed. So, yeah. How about you, Mims? Yeah. Well, for me, <laughs> I wish I went first now because mine's not as healthy, I suppose, <laughs> as yours. <laughs> 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 Um, It doesn't matter. It's what you okay, think. Okay, I'm embarrassed to share this now because, okay, well, let's do pre COVID. Pre COVID, I used to、um, relax by taking a drive in my car and、um, just play some music and just sing, you know? I don't even care where I'm driving to. One time I drove all the way to like Geelong,、oh, which is like an hour away from where I live. And I just played music and I just sang. And I, I just love doing that.、Uh, Or in, in school, my mom would know when I'm stressed, is because she'll hear me start playing the guitar and I'll start singing nine, ten o'clock at night.、Um, so, one of my favorite ways to de stress is just kind of listen to music and let it take over. And、um, yeah, it really calms me down, it really soothes me. So, that's probably one of my favorite things to do to unwind.、Um, yeah, what about you, Rose? How, how, what do you do? So, I'm going to go back to the healthy thing again. <laughs> Sorry, Mims. 
<laughs> well, you probably you probably already know I do a lot of sports and not sports actually. I wouldn't say sports, but I do run, and I think running really helps with um um de-stressing and um, for me that's relaxing. Yes, it's like getting your heart rate up um and everything, but I feel like having such a good adrenaline rush helps with being able to unwind, de-stress, get my mind off things. Um, and it helps me get out of doors. Um, yes, again, gets me going with more vitamin D in me. And it just gets me going. Um, and again, the endorphin rush really helps um, with being able to just um, get into routine. I feel like routine really helps in being able to just get myself organized and make sure that I'm relaxed. I've got a port. I've, uh, I've got a a time, a part of my week to just relax and have that some some sort of me time. So yeah, that's something that's been really really good um, for me. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, as I said uh, at the start of this podcast, is that it's National Mental Health Awareness Month for October. Um. So we thought this is a good way of being able to just. Um, promote this great awareness as well way ahead which is funded by new south wales ministry of health their theme of the year around um, mental health awareness month is around this around tuning in so tune in Mm. tuning in means being present which is i thought this could be a good theme around our discussion today because it really just focuses on us being present and it gives us the opportunity yeah again, to raise awareness about mental health and well-being. Um, so it's really being celebrated across our, our country at the moment and also gives us a chance to promote activities and ideas that can have a positive impact on our daily lives and the lives of others. Um, and particularly on how it can affect us as, as, as Catholics as well. Um, obviously there can be some stigma attached to mental health and being Catholic as well. So I, th- and, and by all means, we're, we're definitely not, um, you know, we don't have full on psychologist, psychologist degrees <laughs> and, def- <laughs> and, and truly we just want to share our personal perspectives around this, um, and what we could personally shed light on. Um, what do you guys think? Um, well, for me, um, this is definitely um, a topic that I'm very passionate about, um, just because even in my own life, you know, um, when I was growing up, I didn't know that I had um, like trauma that really stuck with me, where it was just kind of stuck with me all the way through my adulthood. And the things that I picked up, like my coping mechanisms of me being a child, I really brought that with me into my adult life. And that really affected um who I am as a person, like it shaped who I am as a person and my relationships with other people and even my own emotions, my relationship with my emotions. Um, And I really just want to be able to be a a massive advocate, a massive voice for, you know, that everyone, it kind of goes through difficulties at one way or another, but how we cope with it is um, very unique and it's based on each individual person. And sometimes the way we deal with things isn't actually healthy, you know, Um, and we think it's healthy, but it's really not. And we never know until we actually go to someone and we get ourselves checked out. And then they're the professionals that tell us, hey, actually, you know, 
you've been doing this quite wrong and you can actually live a life that's more fulfilling if you kind of change the way you think a little bit. Um, and so for me, my life has flourished so much after learning more about myself, learning about my past, um, and just growing from that experience. Um, so it's definitely it's definitely an area where I, I love to talk about. Like I'm always open about sharing my experiences. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm ready to dive in. <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah no I, I I definitely agree with you Mims um my experience is a little bit different with mental health um my sort of mental health journey or experience has sort of started later in life now that I'm you know sort of a young adult but I guess growing up um mental health has always been a taboo subject yeah uh, typically because we growing up in an Asian like Filipino background um <sighs> Yes. I think, you know, if you grow up in an ethnic background, mental health is laughed upon. And just I like noticing the shift even in the last decade has been phenomenal in our workplaces, in our schools, in our universities. It's something that's highly championed and really sought after. Um, and not even just mental health, but like emotional intelligence. There's sort of like just this shift in the culture in terms of um, how we treat others and the value of um, mental well-being. So I think maybe we can dive like into that a bit later. But yeah, like I think it's definitely important. And I guess it really just depends on where we've come from and, you know, um, how important it is today, which I think is really, really great. So, yeah. Now, you, you said some really, really key points there, Irene. And I really wanted to like stress upon like... Um, how growing up it was it was something that wasn't really expressed upon it wasn't really um talked about very much and we mm. never felt like there was an opportunity that it was a problem mm. and because mental health is so seen as something that's hidden mm. when you look at somebody and they look they look totally fine but you know if we really dive into what their past life has been or mm. what their experience has have, yes. have 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 become um, most people, young or old, um, there, there, there will be some sort of experience that has caused them some sort of um, impact in their mental health. And mm. um, like I've known people who are young um, who have gone pe through periods of tra um, trauma and hurt, which has obviously what you were saying, memes that have really affected their future um, I'm working in a hospital mm. uh, as well. Like I've I've seen like our older adults um, have such severe trauma from their you know younger adulthood, and now it's affected them in their older yeah. um, life. Yeah. And most of the people that I work with, um, they some of these people think, oh, it doesn't actually affect them. It's going to be fine. It, mm. It's not a medic. They're medically fine. Blah blah yeah. blah. But it's you know what they're not. And this is where um, me as an OT, like I've really experienced being able to advocate for someone who is um, still in their older age, but they mm. are still going through something that is still impacting in their recovery from a stroke or some sort of um, fracture because mm. of their mental health. Like it's still such a big part. Wow. Um, which is amazing. So that's why I really wanted to stress on these statistics that I've, um, you know, gathered from the internet, <laughs> um, <laughs> that I really wanted to say that, you know, 
um, this survey that they put out in 2007, um, they put out in a survey, um, national survey of mental health and well-being of adults um, that provided some information on a 12-month and lifetime prevalence of mental health disorders in, Australian, in the Australian population aged between 16 to 85 years. Um, and it estimated that almost half of the population in this age range will experience a mental disorder at some time in their life. Wow, that's so absolutely it's, insane. It is a lot. It is extremely... Um, when you look at the figures just like that, it is, it's very, um, the message is that one in seven Australians will experience depression in their life. Mm. Um, and that was really alarming to me. Well, I think it's, I think it's definitely true. I, um, not even in my own experience, but just people around me, like it's just such a prevalent thing. Um, today sorry excuse me today i was actually watching on netflix um mimi really wanted to watch this movie it's called the social dilemma um oh i did get to watch that oh nice um yeah and like even though it's tied around the effect of social media in our culture Mm. it has one sort of tangent it goes off in terms of mental health and it was this Mm -hmm. professor named jonathan height who was describing that in the last sort of generation um until now you know young girls suicide rates are skyrocketing and you know Mm -hmm. it's just all these statistics like it was just so sad to see so I don't I don't question um that statistic that came out in that survey that you mentioned Roz um it's definitely something Mm -hmm. that is so prevalent in society and that we all you know at some point would struggle with to some degree I know for myself um when I was paralegaling, um, it just came to a point where I was absolutely miserable that I couldn't get out of bed um, every day. You know, my mum had to h- literally hug me before I walked out the door to prepare me for the day that I was going to face at work. Um, I would call Mimi. Oh, actually, no, Mimi would call me every f- every day at five o'clock on the dot to see if I was okay, and I'd pretty much most days be in tears crying um so like it's just like I I resonate with that so much and it's just so sad to see that this is something that is so so prevalent I mean how how many people is it one in seven or is it more than like I yeah one in seven like it's just insane like you're bound to know someone who's been through something like that Mm. um so yeah I, I totally don't question those statistics at all wow yeah that's so powerful and i did get to watch that um that documentary and it is super powerful i definitely recommend anyone who is interested in the impact of social media to watch Mm. to watch that That that's eye-opening really um but i suppose i want to touch up on what Roz said about how mental health it really carries on into your old age if you don't address it right like it's not something that you can just um wait for it to disappear in your life you know, it's not something that you can just wait out. But if it's not addressed, like this is going to be with you for a long time. And I suppose this is a good point to um, a good time to point out some misconceptions of what we think is um, mental health worthy to be kind of picked up on. Right. Because a lot of these lies I believed for myself. And that was why that's one of the reasons why I didn't seek help earlier, because I thought that oh, you know, I don't fit into that category. Like, I'm not that bad. Like, only people that are really, really, 
really ill needs to go look for a professional, right? Um, and for me in my own personal life, you know, I, I suffered like a trauma, you know, like having my parents um, being divorced at a young age. It really impacted my childhood and impacted my, my view on relationships and my view on a lot of things, right? And um, I carried a lot of that anger with me and um, I suppose if you know me, if people know me, you genuinely would say I'm a cheery, joyful person, right? Even when I was like a teenager and stuff, like I didn't show any signs of depression. But the thing is that there'll be moments where I would kind of kind of um, sink into like a moment of despair, you mm. know, like for like one whole night, I would just find myself crying a lot and I don't know why. And mm. it happens so often where I just accepted that this is normal. You know, like, this is just who I am, right? And I didn't even see that that was a sign that I needed to seek help. Yeah. That wasn't even in my head. Um, and and then to just, I suppose, like, you don't want to, you never want to think of yourself as someone that needs to seek professional help for mental health. You know, mm-hmm. we never want to categorize ourselves in that, um, in that category, I suppose. And I didn't want to think of myself that way. So that really prevented me from, seeking further help um and that did such a number on me you know um and I suppose I wish what I know now I wish I did that a lot earlier because that would have prevented me a lot of heartache you know and I suppose if you're someone who kind of feels that you constantly go back to these negative emotions over and over again maybe that's something to really look into and to be like, oh, maybe I need to get this checked out a lot because it really affects even our spiritual life as well. Because I remember I would used to think that I could pray the problem away. I would pray my, you know, depression away and I would get upset with God because I'd be oh, like, yes. well, why isn't this going away? Why do I keep coming back to this problem over and over again in my life? And, mm. you know, that starts to take a toll on your spiritual life as well. Um, and one of the mm. things I really learned is that, you know, God uses people to heal us, you know, um, that's a gift in itself, you know, like the knowledge of psychology is so powerful, it can heal us. Um, so that just really helped me to, um, to be more gentle with myself, to be kinder with myself and to start looking at myself differently. Now, yeah. I think that's a really good thing to share, Mims. I think I would, I could relate to that in a, in a way that, um, when I was growing up, like I've probably said it in a lot, another podcast, that when my mum died at ten years old, mm. I never, I haven't felt like I had a safe space to express myself, and I just thought it was a normal thing growing up that you know we don't always have to share our vulnerability to things, and then it affected my way of praying because mm. I wasn't. Um, I wasn't vulnerable in my prayer life like I wouldn't like express everything to God and I, I became very closed off from a lot, a lot of people and I just thought it was normal and then and then what what you were saying Mims is so evident about going back to the negativity and I thought that was so that was that was fine like it was fine to just keep you crying and then I always had this I don't know why it's actually so funny it's like 
every time when it came to like my mum's death anniversary around August, because that was her birthday month and her death anniversary month, I would just have this thing like, oh yeah, I'm just always upset when it when it comes to like August because like oh, wow. because that's when like her death anniversary is. And then everyone'd be like, oh that's okay. And then I'm like thinking, no, when I was growing up, I was like that can't be fine because um, if I keep going back to um, my reality as being upset because of that one event then there's some sort of thing that keeps pulling me back to my past and so then when I came so then when I came back like only like last year when I went through such a dark moment in losing so many people um I came back to the reality of oh my gosh like because I lost my mum I kept attaching everything else like my friends or or the past boyfriends to my mom so because of the loss of my mom the loss of everything else became such a tragic moment and so then my psychologist said oh you know you've actually been fighting off you know the loss of your mom at 10 at a 10 year old self with your adult self then it just came to a like a reality of of oh this is actually happening to me and and trying to find you know what it is at this present moment that was happening within me and the world around me, um, which could actually help me build that self-awareness and help make effective choices. Um, So I agree with you, Mims. Like it's, it's definitely going to be a, it's, it's a hard thing to turn around, but when you actually realize it, like the way I have, it's, it's such a, it's a big thing. And I, I actually think if I had known this a couple of years ago, Man, like my choices and the way, as I said, the way I, it would have affected the the way I worry and the way I build positive connections to people um, would be totally different. Yeah, that's that's um, that's so profound, Roz. The fact that had you gone earlier, like things may have been different for you. I'm I'm on the flip side to the both of you. I actually have never been to see a psychologist. Um, and perhaps this way maybe this podcast can encourage me to do so or maybe others who haven't been before I think like the one thing that is in the back of my mind is that no like I will be okay like I've just gone through phases in my life where it's been tough but I've never had something um that is traumatic happen in my life um you know like thanks be to God like um you know, like I have both my parents and I have a loving brother and I have such a great community of friends. Um, but yeah, like obviously I'm like, I'd be hypocritical to say to you that, you know, like I encourage you to go, whereas I haven't. So, you know, like maybe one day I, I will, like, I think I, I definitely think that it's something that I would like to, you know, tick off my bucket list. Not that it's, you know, not that mental health is a bucket list, but, um, definitely the both of you have encouraged me over the years to go. Um, cause one thing that I often find with myself is that, um, I will com- combat the thought of going to a psychologist because I think that my spiritual director can remedy those things. Um, and don't get me wrong, a spiritual director is incredibly helpful in my life but I've noticed that particularly in this season of my life I've been going through something quite different and so I think that 
the spiritual advice um, does have its limits. And I notice lately that um, it hasn't gotten me as far in terms of um, just my day to day um, and how I deal with my emotions. So, yeah, I think I'm going (laughs) to take the plunge and maybe go see a psychologist. I I definitely do encourage those who are in my position to um, just be brave and definitely um, just see someone. Um, you can join with me and you can tell me all about it. <laughs> Thanks so much, Irene, for sharing that. And I suppose we're not trying to guilt trip people to to be like, oh, yeah, you all have mental health issues. Everyone <laughs> go see a psychologist. <laughs> no, um, definitely, <laughs> definitely not what we're trying to do here. We're really just trying to, I suppose, increase Um, emotional maturity, increase emotional intelligence in everyone Mm. to be aware of your emotions and be aware what your mind is telling you, right? Um, And I just want to touch on what you just said, Irene, about spiritual directors or um, really heavily leaning onto the spiritual side to heal us. Mm. Um, Because yes, God can heal us, right? Like there's nothing that God cannot do. However, you know... um, we are both body and soul, right? Mm. We're not just soul and we're not just body. And so, you know, how we look after our body, like we go to regular checkups at the doctors, like yearly, right? Or um, to go to see the uh, optometrist. I just re- recently went to my optometrist for a checkup. <laughs> Every two years, right? You look after yourself. Yes. In the same way... Um, <laughs> In the same way, you know, we should kind of check up on our mental health to Mm. see if we're mentally healthy. Um, And there's nothing wrong with just going to see and making sure that, you know, you're in a good place. Um, And if the psychologist is like, yeah, dude, like, you're good. You're you're in a really good place. Then, Mm. you know, you don't have to go back. It could just be like a one-time thing only. Um, And the thing is, you'll never know how mentally healthy you are until you actually go right because we tend to be our own judges at everything we think we know the best of everything um but really when you want to compare yourself to a psychologist like we don't have the knowledge that psychologists do that they study years and years and years um to be where they are um Mm. and one of my misconceptions that i had as well is what you said irene um about talking to people you know talking to your friends can only do you so much good as well like Mm. i remember thinking why do I need to pay money, my good hard-earned money, to see a psychologist um, to tell them the same things that I already tell my friends? You know, like yeah. I'm an open book to my friends. So why do I need to tell a psychologist the same things? Like, how is that going to help me? Mm. And um, and oh my gosh, when I went to start seeing a psychologist, I could feel a profound effect on my life. Like, mm. wow. Like, your friends can only do so much. You can do so much for your friend. Um, but there comes to a point when you're like, man, I can't help you. Like, I'm actually, you know, at the end of my, my road and mm. you really need to seek help, you know, or I really need to seek help because my friends aren't giving me the right advice. Whereas psychologists are able and they're trained to ask you the right questions. I think that was really um, interesting because my psychologist, um, my psychologist was asking me really um, unique questions that I never thought about. And that really helped to unlock a lot of deeper things in my life that helped Mm. me to, to grow and flourish um, with that. So 
definitely definitely that and may i just add one more thing i'm so sorry no, i don't want to okay. steal the mic um but you know we we aren't meant to live miserable lives okay <laughs> for those that are out there that think it's okay for me to feel this way like no god god never intended for us to feel miserable all the time Mm. um we were created to be loved and to love and to flourish and to live in happiness um and so we all deserve that we every single person deserves to live a life of happiness and so um you know checking up on our mental state is such a critical part of um our spiritual life and nurturing ourselves so that we can nurture our loved ones as well no, it's so true. And I want to touch, just to follow through, mm. that, um, that, yeah, I, we firmly believe that you cannot walk on this journey alone. Uh, as, and to follow through from what Mim said, that, yeah, like, you don't walk on this journey alone. And that um, is to remember that Christ is present in those who are sick. And that, you know, he said in Matthew twenty five thirty six. I was sick and you visited me. Mm. So as Catholics, you know, w- yeah. we are called to treat all who are ill, whether it's physically oh, or mentally nice. ill, as they were Christ himself. And even John, uh, St. John Paul II confirmed this when he said, mm. well, Christ took all human suffering on himself, even mental, mental illness. Yes, even this affliction, which perhaps seems the most absurd, Wow. And incomprehensible configures the sick person to Christ and gives him a share in his redeeming passion. Um, and just reading that, I just thought that yeah, we're we're totally not alone in this in this process. And that, like, um, I think this is like a really good, um, mm-hmm. you know, turning point for us to even think about like then how do we as Catholics then when we're going through such um, tough times and we're not able to manage our emotions. What can we do to tune in the present right now and to tune in with ourselves, the community, um, others, and tuning into stigma? Um, yeah, I guess one of the things that we can um, try to maintain that sort of mental well-being is we really need to examine how social media impacts our mental health. Like I said before, I watched that documentary, which is really powerful in that there is a correlation between social media and our mental health. I'm such um, a big advocate for (laughs) disappearing for a while. Um, Not because I've got something to hide from the world, but the girls will both know that sometimes I will deactivate my Facebook and sometimes disappear for a couple of months. And that's not to say that I am hiding anything or... um, like I want to run away but rather I think it's because sometimes my mind just needs a break from the constant scrolling from the constant bombardment of comparison um you know like everything from you know and and the things that pop up on Facebook are wonderful things um you know engagements babies um getting married these are all wonderful things but I think the more that we're exposed to them, we often try to want to compare ourselves if we lack in those areas or if we don't have those things. And um, even just as simple as, you know, just taking yourself, removing yourself away from 
um, that sort of exposure, that constant exposure really does wonders for your mental health. And you actually are, I notice um, that even in my interactions with friends, once I've gotten rid of my Facebook, I actually have genuine conversations with my friends. Not to say that when I do have social media, I don't have genuine conversations, but the conversations that I do have without social media are beautiful because I don't know what the heck is happening in their life. Everything that they tell me, any any piece of bad news or good news, I receive holistically. I receive them with such a wholesome nature um, because I'm hearing it for the first time. It's not in the back of my head where I'm like, oh, yeah, I saw that on on Facebook. I'm happy for you. Like it's it's a fullness of the emotion when you receive that friend. Um, so I've just noticed that that it just helps to promote more of a balanced lifestyle in that you haven't been stalking the person or knowing, knowing what's going on in their life yeah. constantly. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's I mm. think, yeah, like try it. Like there are definitely people, I know Matt Fred has done it for a whole month where he's disappeared for off social media and he's, you know, taken a retreat and it's done wonders for his spiritual life and his relationships and friendships around him. So I, I definitely encouraging, you know, disappearing for a while. You'll also find out who your mm. true friends are mm. um, when social media isn't present. So yeah, it's, it's quite, it's quite an interesting thing. So definitely try it out. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I, and I can definitely um, back Irene up on that because I, take oh well I've taken a page out of her book and I've also uh, been off social media I'm actually off it right now just to step away a little bit Um, and yeah it's so true like everything you said Irene about how I tend to see the world in a fuller picture like I don't feel like I'm so disconnected from the world um, Mm. but I feel more connected to the world Mm. Um, yeah and it's 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 definitely um, refreshing. I feel like it's a beautiful detox and I think yeah. everyone needs to do it at least once a year. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's a challenge that we can really promote, you know, like maybe yeah. try to get off Facebook or all your oh. social media platforms for a whole month. Yes, do um, it. And, and see how you go. It's so good for you. Um, and, I su- and I suppose for me, I think something that we can really take on board um, about this whole tuning in stuff is to... Um, be more present with ourselves. I think that's the whole idea of what um, Way Ahead is trying to be is to tune in because mental health or, well, you know, a lot of trigger points, it all derives from you looking back into your past. So you're tuned out. You're not tuned in. Mm. Um, And so to, and, you know, that's where a lot of our problems are coming from is that we keep going back to the past and we keep reliving that moment over and over again Mm. where it completely takes over our um, our life, you know, and it's so unhealthy. Um, and so I think a great advice is to be present with yourself and to um, to know what you're feeling and to qu- kind of question, like, why do I feel this way? Um, and something that I learned from my psychologist that I recently was um, talking to, she said that, you know, a great way to be resilient is the lessons of learning how to accept accepting what your reality is reality is right now um and trying to adapt to your new reality right because there's no point in us living in the past like that's that's not going to propel you into the future Mm. um but to to accept and to adapt um is such um a a great way to to know where you are 
So I definitely believe in um, taking that bit of extra time to kind of understand where you are and um, to tune in on yourself. Nice. That's a really good point, Mims. I, out of um, the four points that Way Ahead actually talked about, um, being tuning in yourself, tuning into others, tuning into communities, or tuning into stigma, I really think that tuning into yourself, what you said, Mims, is is something that really is like overall is arching towards that kind of reconversion towards change. Um, and and when you talked about the past that really obviously that resonated to me as well like I think when we start to dive into like letting go of that past we always say that like that that quote of let God let God <laughs> you know but it, but but it's truly let, let go and let God yeah it's it's so true <laughs> because um you know, once we let go of that past by accepting our reality, what you said, Mims, is truly, truly, um, you know, it truly is something that, that really helped me. And what really helped was I'm not someone who really journals and writes things. Um, I like to really just <laughs> muster everything in my head. But actually, when my psychologist said to actually start to write things that were in my life that I had lost or things that really um made me feel down from the past that was a bit what that gave me the ability to actually write things down and actually take it to prayer and actually just to slowly actually let it go because Mm. I think what I've what I've realized is that once you've written it down you've taken it to prayer you've taken it to God then you could really start to give that surrender yes. or, or to, to give that chance to, you know, to surrender the control over your your past or your reality. And, and I guess that helps to um, minimize that fear and helps you ground yourself into reality instead of um, letting the anxiousness take you know take control but the thing is it's like mental health isn't about that black and white it's gray Mm. which means that you're going to have to learn that it's going to be okay for yourself to struggle with anxiety so sometimes the things there's going to be good days and sometimes there's going to be not so good days Mm. but on the days that you can't bear it anymore you just need to know that you know I don't have to and you can rest and you can take care of yourself first so you know with my with my work days, like I love to take mental health days and it's okay to take a break. That's what sick days are for. They're not just for you to be, you know, sick from a cold. You can be sick with a mental health, oh. like with mental health days. Yes. That's, that's something to put yourself in priority for. Wow, Roz, that's like so good. I, I actually was writing, as you were saying, let go of control. And you said the same thing. I'm like, whoa, Holy Spirit. Nice. <laughs> um, but yeah that's so that's so true because um we really i think what we as christians can really do is well if you want to get better you have to be open to get better you have to be Mm. open to receive help i think that is number one like you can't you can't help someone that cannot help themselves yeah you know that's kind of like a generic rule that everyone knows so we have to be open to be helped and we want to be helped right Mm. um and you know bring this into prayer, like ask God for the humility to let go of that pride, to let go of that, that desire of wanting to control our own life, you know, cause that's, what's really 
grabbing a hold of us is that we want to control our, our past. We want to control our future. But to pray for humility, to be like, okay, Lord, I know that I can't control everything. Help me to accept my weakness. Help me to accept my past, you know? And it's not going to it's not going to heal you overnight, guys. Like, I mean, I'm going to be straight up. It's going to be a long journey, okay? Like, I'm still trying to sort myself out, <laughs> right? Um, and it's going to be a long journey, but it's a journey that you don't have to be alone, all right? You can journey with your friends, your closest family members, you know? Um, I just want to quickly insert a Lord of the Rings reference because I just recently watched it. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> but, you know, like, in the first in the first movie, right, where at the end Frodo wanted to head on this journey by himself to um, Mount Doom, right, by himself, and he wanted to leave Sam out of it. Mm. What did Sam do? What did Sam Wise do? He followed his friend. He was like, no, I will be with you the whole way through. And... When you fast forward to the last movie, you know, if Sam Wise wasn't there, Frodo would have died so many times and Frodo probably wouldn't have had the strength to even climb Mount <laughs> Doom to um, to throw the ring into the fire, right? And so, you know, we all need a Sam Wise yes. in our life. <laughs> we need a Sam Wise. <laughs> in, our, in our journey, you know. So, you know, don't, don't think that this is a journey that you have to bear in shame, mm. that you have to walk alone. Mm. Um, talk to a friend, you know, be that friend who checks up on a mate um, if you know they're struggling and and the power of just listening. You know, you don't have to be a psychologist, but you can just listen to a friend. And I think a lot of times that can do a lot of wonders as well. Yeah, Mims, I, I really love that reference to Lord of the Rings. That was great. I love Lord of the Rings. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I think you both have covered um, the four points in terms of tuning into yourself, tuning into others, tuning into communities, and tuning into your stigma um, and addressing that stigma. I think um, I don't really have much to add aside from the fact that maybe when you're in those moments um, – it is so easy to feel like there's no way out. Um, and I know from my own experience that um, when you're going through a really rough time mentally, it's so easy to catastrophize um, in the sense that you decide that everything is going good and everything is going bad. And I just like wanted to draw attention to the fact that yes you can be gentle on yourself and I really loved Ros's point on taking a mental health day um I think that is so brilliant that we like it's just something that we need to promote even more um and also don't be ashamed of doing it um don't be ashamed to say look I need I need space for myself I just need to focus on my own mental well-being right now whether that is work whether that is hanging out with your friends mm, or whether that yeah. is um you know you don't always feel compelled that you have to hang out with your friends 24 7 you can yeah. afford to hang up the phone and give yourself you know a night in and just be with yourself uh, or do things that um will lead you to you know feel rejuvenated or refreshed um whether that's journaling or eating healthy or for Roz you know going for a bike ride she recently just bought a bike <laughs> um 
Or, you know, whether that's or Mimi. Or get a dog. <laughs> or, yeah, or get a dog like Mimi. Or, you know, watch 12 hours of Lord of the Rings. Whatever is whatever is suitable for you. You do you. I think. You do you. As much as I don't like that line. But, yeah, you do you in terms of mental well-being. <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty much what I wanted to just add in. Because um, I think you guys really covered that so well. Yeah, I just wanted to add like a little part to that as well, Irene, is that um, don't use, um, I suppose, like hobbies and stuff as a way of escaping. Mm. I think because we can tend to sometimes um, find a way to escape momentarily what we're going through, but eventually they'll catch up back to us, you know, Mm. like um, there's a difference, like do something for you to enjoy and relax um, to release. Um, that's good, but don't do something for the sake of trying to run away from your problem because I know that I've done that before. So I know Mm. some people might be doing the same thing as well. Mm. Um, So I want to call you out on that. (laughs) No, (laughs) yeah, that's such a good point. um, Check up. Yeah, Yeah, that's such a good point. To really Um, take yourself seriously. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's definitely, that's so true. Um, There's also just adding on to that point. um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Matt Fry just uh, released a video, actually not released, uh, I think it was like a couple of months ago, on just like healing emotional wounds and it's based on the four ways of St. Thomas Aquinas and it really talks about, you know, like Mims, your point on not covering up that that downtime with hobbies but rather if you are wounded or if you're in need of spiritual um, recovery, one of the human things that you can do is to have a good sleep. The second would be to have a good bath or a good shower. The third would be just to let yourself feel the emotions and cry. Mm. And then the fourth is to actually do something that you truly have, um, not a hobby, but something that you know will give you that restoration. Whereas if that's reading or journaling or um, taking a walk, something that you know that will let you unwind in a wholesome way not just you know putting on something on netflix that can mask that so yeah no great point mims and i will i will be quiet from now on (laughs) 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 that's enough for me (laughs) no all good well we definitely have dived into uh a lot of about mental health and we truly um hope that you've been able to take some some part um or some tips around mental health and even had even just a bit of awareness as well um in being able to um tune in i guess Mm. yeah um tune in to yourself to others to the communities and about the stigma around mental health um and to just increase that awareness of what is happening within you and the world with that uh around you as well Mm. Yeah, so we hope that you'll be able to find the peace that you're searching for um, with these tips and, you know, just know that you you know that you're not alone in this journey. Um, at least you've got us three sisters in the interior podcast um, helping you throughout this journey. So we hope that um, we'll see you in next week's episode. Bye. Laters. Bye, guys. Thanks so much. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Irene. Thank you for tuning in today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with a mate. We also ask that you rate and comment on iTunes so this can be recommended to others who are also on the journey striving for heaven. 
Catch you next time on Interior Castle Podcast. Podcast.